I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. get the next text they give you those three little ghosty dots to tell you it's coming oh we're cooking up a good one for you wait do you see this <laughs> you are not going to believe what this guy's about to say i can't show it to you yet we're still working on it in the text <laughs> machine but it's going to be a beauty you can see the pistons pumping sometimes we get the ghosty dots and then no text what happened there i want to know what that was Is that like somebody coming up to you and going, "Uh, never mind. (laughs) Uh, If you haven't watched the Seinfeld special on Netflix, he he just exhibits why he's among the best that's ever done that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. Even with all new new material. Yeah, he's a black belt. It's so awesome to watch him work. (laughs) Um, A couple of things. Amazon told employees last week to take TikTok off of their phones, then reported that they didn't mean to tell them that. And there's speculation they got some pushback from a giant country on the other side of the world uh, uh, whose whose products they sell a lot of. Now, oh, that wouldn't make them change their minds. I don't know that that's what happened, but that's certainly the first thing I, I guess. The whole, it was sent out prematurely. It was a draft. How often does that really happen? Never. I yeah. found out my wife had the TikTok app on her phone, which means I got all my stuff, as far as I understand, all my stuff is... is in much trouble is her phone. We're actually going to have Jeff Fowler, who we really like, talking tech tomorrow about TikTok and how, as, as Sean pointed out last week, t- TikTok makes Facebook like they're not look like they're not even trying to steal your information. Right. That's how much better TikTok is at it. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Horrible. Well, you're screwed, man. You're going to have Chairman Xi at your door tonight just as the sun goes down, pounding, looking like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Um, here's a troubling story. Do you want something that's the bad news? More bad news? You want more? Who wants more bad news today? Well, at this point, I don't know. Thank you, sir. Can I have another? 
This just out from the Washington Examiner. Harvard doctor warns um, that coronavirus herd immunity might be wishful thinking. That's it's it's based on what we were just talking about about uh, the antibody problem. Doctor Clay Ackerley of Harvard, primary care physician. Um, said he recently had a patient test positive for coronavirus several months after previously recovering. The 50-year-old patient not only caught COVID a second time, but that the latest infection was much worse than the initial illness. Oh, boy. During the first infection, my patient experienced a mild cough and sore throat. His second infection, in contrast, was marked by high fever, shortness of breath, hypoxia resulting in multiple trips to the hospital. And uh, this Harvard doctor noted that doctors in New York and New Jersey have also seen patients appear to be reinfected by the virus and get it worse the second time. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is not good. The patient had tested positive for COVID-19 and then tested negative for the virus twice before testing positive again uh, three months later. What's your source? Is this scare the crap out of us dot com? No, Washington Examiner. They're just quoting this Harvard Harvard doctor. I, I can't even contemplate this. I'm try- Well, I, I am contemplating it. As, as we sit here jabbering on the air, I'm thinking, all right, where do we move? Where do we go? I'll never leave my house well, to again. to the moon? Where are you going to go? It's the a, wilds. It's a, planet. it's a pandemic. Do you know well, what that means? Well, I know exactly what it means. I'm going to move out to the woods. What, am I going to get it from a squirrel? No, I'm going to keep all you humans at bay. This, Stay away. This, Violators will be shot on sight. This Harvard doctor acknowledged that research on COVID-19 and subsequent immunity is slim because viral research takes time. Sure. And, you know, you would need years to figure this out. But it, there's a growing belief, there's a decent chance that you don't get antibodies like you do with a lot of this stuff where you're, okay, I'm good. I'm never going to get it again. Like you could with smallpox or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Dim hope for natural herd immunity if this turns out to be the case, he said. Which then, the only way out is a vaccine. Otherwise, it's just going to kill off the species. Um, We need a vaccine. Or it'll certainly lower the life expectancy 15 years. At least. If you could get it over and over again and it's everywhere all the time, it'd catch you when you're, you know, you got something else going on. Wow. Wow. So someday, you know, 100,000 years from now, the ant people or the, the lizard kings or the, the planet of the apes is going to be sitting around. <laughs> some saying, you know, some thi- scientists think the humans were killed off by a virus. Now, nah, it, was, it had to be a meteor. I heard it was a meteor or, you know, something or, or a nuclear war. No, 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 no. It was just a disease. Now, eat your bananas. Speaking of ants. I don't believe you can any longer call it an ant colony if you ever had an ant colony, as the word colony has become <laughs> really a word that you're just not allowed to have. Oh. So I'd never heard of the McDowell colony, but apparently it's a big deal for artists. It's been there since 1907 out in the woods in the Northeast. It looks freaking gorgeous. But if you get the right scholarship or whatever, you get to go be an artist in that colony. And some great writers and thinkers throughout the last century have gone there. Ah, My invite must have gotten lost in the mail. It's called the McDowell Colony. Well, they've dropped the word colony, citing oppressive overtones, you see. Doesn't colony just mean, like, uh, outpost, place established? The word colony can refer to a location under the control of an outside power, but it's also... A community of like-minded people or, in you know, beings like an ant colony. It's just a community of like-minded anything. Right. A nudist colony, an art colony, an ant colony. Mm, it's just nudist people, colony. It's, so much better in theory than practice. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
might be the the ultimate example of that. Anybody who's excited about going to a nudist colony just hasn't thought it through. Well, they're not (laughs) excited. Well, yeah, well, you're right. Anybody who is is a fool. Anybody who thinks that's just a groovy way to live, I suppose, you know, to each their own. Uh, But the person who decided to take the term colony off it after being uh, lots of complaints, artists said they would no longer go there if they continued to call it the McDowell Art Colony. Stupid, stupid artists. So they took the word colony off. It doesn't really, on one hand, it doesn't matter. You can call it Fred's uh, Art Shop if you want to. I mean, what what difference does it make the name? But the fact that people are uh, actually reacting this way with the feeling that they're accomplishing something. That's the part I really like. So you oh, feel yeah. like you've made any stride whatsoever? Do you think you made move the ball even this far down the field? It's frantic virtue signaling. And their their arrogance is only exceeded by their ignorance. That's why it bothers me. No, it's it's okay. It just means a community of like-minded people, no, both, which is precisely where no, what Both it is. definitions, according to critics, convey a sense of hierarchy and exclusion. Oh, sorry. Well, then why don't you let me in? I'm known for my masterpiece, Man Whose Hands Don't Look Like Hands. Yes, I am a, a terrible artist. <laughs> or my uh, or my skill in pottery. I once made a cup that could actually stand up and not tip over. <laughs> that was my big triumph. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, so you got, uh, there's, there's so many examples. I don't remember if we, uh, we got so many examples. I don't remember which ones we've done which we and which we haven't. But there's a big this big poetry foundation where the leadership has resigned because they got attacked by the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. They have a $250 million endowment where they weren't spending enough money, or any money really, on anti-racism projects. At a poetry endowment? Right. Okay. And uh, so they just got blasted for that, and the foundation's chairman just stepped down. I think he didn't say it out loud, but I think he's saying, you know, good luck with this. You guys run this. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. Uh, 30 poets connected with the foundation blasting it for not spending some of their $250 million on anti-racism. We're about promoting poetry. We we, we give poets money because, frankly, nobody will pay for that. Right. That's what we do. Well, where does it end? Do, do zoos that are dedicated to sure. displaying animals and keeping them healthy and having people learn, do they have to? What are you doing to be anti-racist people? here at the zoo? Um, I don't know. <laughs> We have goats at a very uh, popular, famous zoo right now, and I've been meaning to go visit them, but the COVID happened right after the our goats got sent to the zoo. They, they're your goats? They're our goats, yeah. They're and, on display and is there a at placard the says on loan from or anything? I believe so. That's oh. what I would like to see. That's what you I get think. to go in the cage whenever you want? We do get a behind-the-scenes tour, but yes. like the COVID hit right when it was going to happen. Because they said it. that's one thing they would do is they'd let us go around and see them. Now, you just got to go in with the gen pop, climb over the cage when people start freaking, no, these are my goats. I want to milk a lion. That's what I'm hoping to get out of this or <laughs> something <a> <laughs> something exciting. <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, so it's our animals on display, and I want to see the little plaque saying that. And, but the COVID struck, and so nobody's going to the zoo now. Sure. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it's kind of weird, the, the, the idea. I've always found the idea of farm animals weird, but I grew up in a rural area where you see farm animals all the time. If you grow up in an urban area, you don't see cows and goats and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Goats are entertaining beasts, too. They are. They cavort a fair amount. You got your big predators that you're all excited about seeing. You go to the zoo, and there, there he is. Where, Daddy? I can't see it. There he is at the very back in the shade, lying perfectly still. But you got your goats. Now, they're up for a good time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Leaping get, and running. You get down heads. on your hands and knees, they'll jump right up on your back. Right? Yeah, very entertaining. I saw a goat on a cow once. Most exciting thing I've ever seen. Yeah. They'll be standing up your car, but you turn around. They, uh, they've re- read uh, Sung Tzu and uh, Eisenhower's book. They believe in getting to the higher ground, right? Goats? Apparently, that's it. Milk a lion. We get its consent. 
<laughs> Make sure it's a female. And, and badly. Uh, oh, one more animal-related note. I came across this the other day. Fans of our uh, our beloved and esteemed newsman, Marshall Phillips, who retired at the uh, end of last year. Uh, yeah, sure enough, here's this, uh, this message board talking about aggressive turkeys. And how, according to uh, turkey authorities, and boy, are their parents proud of them, uh, turkeys will attack or attempt to dominate humans they view as subordinate mm-hmm. or or weak. They will attempt to establish their ownership of the territory. So they must have perceived Marshall as kind of a lesser turkey and messed with them. It's important you put out that vibe. To the turkeys. Let the turkeys know you're in charge. They identify him as a jive turkey. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Introduce the turkey to the concept of the shotgun. <laughs> That'll frequently get him to fall into line. So you probably heard the news, especially Just on the... Just brandish a jar of cranberry sauce at him. <laughs> They'll get the message. Especially on the Trump hate network, it was a big story all weekend long. It just—it's really the fall of our civilization that Trump commuted the sentence of Roger Stone, which I wish he hadn't. But the Wall Street Journal points out the hypocrisy of people who are so upset about this in their editorial board page today. It's—it's it's worth taking a look at. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We got an update on the Redskins new name story thingy, if you're following that. Um, so uh, Mitt Romney really did not like Donald Trump commuting the sentence of Roger Stone over the weekend. As he tweeted, unprecedented, historic corruption. An American president commutes the sentence of a person convicted by a jury of lying to shield the very president. Well, it's not unprecedented or historic. It's not (laughs) technically corruption because he gets to do it. I don't think he should have done it just because he can, but I don't know that he can be corrupt if you you have the right to do it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, and and we have a trial for that uh, every four years in November. Well, right, which is what the Wall Street Journal mentions today. So the editorial board with a piece out today, because, man, oh, man, the trump hitting media went crazy over this. It happened Friday afternoon. Trump uh, commutes the sentence of a guy who's spent his whole life doing dirty tricks in politics uh, because Roger Stone was going to go to prison for 40 months as an old man starting tomorrow he was going to set foot in prison well now he ain't going to go to prison and uh the headline in the new york times was not even nixon had the courage or nerve to do this or something like that another opinion piece masquerading as a news story but of pardons and presidents from the editorial board of the wall street journal say this for president trump's commutation of roger stone's 40-month prison sentence At least he did it during an election campaign, so voters can add this to the ledger of character issues they take into the voting booth. Like everything else about this presidency, its scandals real and imagined are public. That's true. He didn't do it on the way out the door, as you're about to hear about with several presidents, which is usually what happens, or Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was governor. They do it on their way out the door, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no political recourse. Right. It's not an accident. They wait to the last second. Oh, yeah. And they also hope that it'll get... Uh, lost in the barrage of news that's happening with a new incoming administration. Yes. 
I once uh, had somebody describe an illicit uh, liaison that they walk in on, said, uh, and the person described it as, I don't know what they were doing, but they weren't proud of it because it was clearly being hidden and all. It was under the cloak of darkness. So, yeah, most presidents do this. In fact, every president practically does this, and they do it in a way that makes it pretty clear they're not proud of it. Trump either doesn't care, well, he clearly doesn't care, or or he thinks this is clearly the right thing to do and is doing it. He said he was going to do it, then he did it, then he tweeted about it. A hundred days before an election. Bill Clinton sure as hell didn't handle old Mark Rich, the well, we're about to get into tax that. cheat and scumbag that way. From the Wall Street Journal, as for the cries of corruption and cronyism, join the president, join the, did I skip a sentence here? Did I skip a page? I might have skipped a page. Nope. Uh, as for cries of corruption and cronyism, join the presidential club. Mr. Trump views the world in terms of political friends and enemies, and the commutation rewarded a friend. That is an abuse of the pardon power in our view, says the Wall Street Journal. Okay. So they state flatly they think Trump abused his pardon power. But we recall Bill Clinton's last-minute January 2001 pardon of Susan McDougal who went to jail for contempt rather than tell prosecutors what she knew about Mr. Clinton's whitewater transactions. Worse, Mr. Clinton made public comments in the autumn of 96 that suggested Ms. McDoodle could expect the pardon she received. Mm. That is the very thing people were all flapping their hands about all weekend long. Trump sent signals that if he kept his mouth shut, he'd be pardoned. Yeah, just like Clinton did with McDougal and the whole whitewater thing. And then he pardoned her on the the, the night before... uh, before he was leaving office. What's the difference? Doesn't make him right, but we're not breaking new ground here. That history is now whitewashed away by a press corps that talks as if the pardon power was a sacred trust before Mr. Trump took office. No, yeah, I heard it repeatedly described as totally unprecedented. Is there anything in history that was anything like this? Said little Mika Brzezinski to her guest. No, Mika, this is unprecedented. Mr. Trump has also scored for not following Justice Department protocol on pardons. But that's precisely what Mr. Clinton did in pardoning Mark Rich in 2001. Does anyone recall that Barack Obama commuted the sentence of an unrepentant Puerto Rican terrorist who had become a cause celebbed on the political left? And of Chelsea Manning, whose leaks jeopardized American troops and Afghan Afghan translators fighting in in the Taliban. Um, Nancy Pelosi claims to be so upset by the stone commutation that she's considering legislation to restrict the president's pardon power. She surely knows that the Speaker of the House is, uh, that no Speaker of the House is above the law. She can't touch the Constitution. But for some reason, she never introduced such a bill when Democratic presidents were pardoning their friends. Right. Yeah. And the Constitution's pretty clear. You can pardon people. And this goes back to the whole uh, phony article of impeachment about the abuse of power. That's an opinion, man. That's not like a legal thing. You think he abused his power? He's a bad president? Vote him out. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As recently as 2013, the owner of the Washington Redskins was uh, quoted as saying, we will never change our name. Never. Put that in all caps. Never. Well, they announced announced today officially they are changing the name of the Washington Redskins. Because, in theory, it's offensive to Native Americans, even though this has now become pretty famous in... Social media, the Washington Post did a survey and f- uh, found that 68% of Native Americans polled were not offended by the Washington Redskins name. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, a number of them felt proud by it. Um, uh, 2016 Washington Post survey, going back even further, found that 9 in 10 Native Americans polled claimed not to be bothered by the moniker. Nine and ten. <laughs> going back to twenty sixteen. Yeah. Now I did a little interesting how that changed. Too. I did a little Googling on this. A more recent one for twenty twenty. Uh, uh Berkeley did a study and said, not so fast. We've we've done a poll that shows that as many as half of Native Americans are bothered by this. Okay, so you're hold on, this is actually horrible. You couldn't even get to half. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to be called the Redskins, right. and I don't care what they call their football team, but, you know, it's... You know, name them after some beast and let's get on with our lives. But the fact that even in 2020, you're only at half of people who identify as Native Americans are bothered by the name, and you have to change your name. Yeah. I find that uh, kind of interesting. Did you guys hear why the... Uh, so they've announced they're changing the name, but they haven't said what they're changing it to. Which I thought they were going to announce today. 
And but, they, they backed off of that. So the, the just be the Wildcats, like half the junior highs in this country, <laughs> the Bulldogs. Exactly. The, uh, apparently, there was a gentleman who preemptively trademarked a bunch of the potential new Redskin names. You're kidding? And they are currently in negotiations with this gentleman. Oh my gosh! You know, I I merely admire his skill. I mean, he's kind of a troll, obviously, but. Wow, so he trademarked Washington Warriors and, and Washington Monuments and the, or whatever. Yeah, and the Red Tails or the Pigskins. Right. He, he, yeah. he threw a shotgun. He's like, I'm going to sure. trademark these 50 names, and if one of these are the ones they land on, well, then everything's coming up this guy. Yeah, so... The, you know the, what I need to do? Before, sorry, before we get to that, I need to find some young, poor, recent law school graduate. And start who, using their blood? Who <laughs> And start draining their blood to revitalize my old body. No, I did. I got to hire them on an as-needed basis to execute my various schemes. Because I have various patents and ideas and trademarks and stuff I'd like to do. Uh, but it's too much paperwork. You used the word execute. We're, we're executing someone in America for the first time in a long time today, right? Oh, uh, is that right? Is that the so. federal? So one of the federal prisoners? I, I heard about that. Because a federal execution has been on hold for a long time. And the three guys they're talking about snuffing are monsters. Oh, yeah. Absolute yeah, yeah. monsters. As is usually the case. I believe it has been delayed again. Oh, just came across a couple hours yeah, ago. Yeah, Federal judge blocks imminent execution. Last minute appeals likely. Yeah, absolute scumbags. I'm not, I don't want to read the crime because it's, why would you ever, even want to ever hear about it? I tell you what is a joke is the idea that, Oh, the inmate suffers and, and the rest of it. And listen, I'm not going to go with, you think you know where you're going, uh, where I'm going, but it's not where I'm going. I'm not going, well, they had no mercy for their victims. They died in agony, blah, 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 and terror and the rest of it, which is absolutely true. But the idea that you couldn't, I happened to go under the knife a couple of times recently and they put me down all the way down and pay, I paid good money to have an anesthesiologist who knew how far down to put me. And bring me back around again, because you could easily kill somebody. Trust me, if midway through that surgery, my fabulous anesthesiologist, and shout out, brother, uh, I haven't seen you for a while, and I'm kind of glad about it, but um, if in the midst of that surgery he'd said, I tell you what, Joe's obnoxious, I don't like his radio show, let's end this, and cranked it up 20%, I would not have suffered, I'd have just been gone. Or if he just got distracted by a funny TikTok. Right, exactly. Next thing you know, you're dead. But my but point no, is, it wouldn't oh, yeah. hurt. Oh yeah, you you can't find a way to execute somebody with with chemicals. Oh, stop it. Well, we, it's just phony. This is classic talk radio. Anytime you get into uh, the death penalty, but of things you can put your energy into, it's always interesting to me that there are people who put so much energy into making sure that guy doesn't get executed. Yeah, because you only have so much energy and so many things you can get into, and there there are a lot of Really awful things that go on in the world. Reforming our foster care system or, I mean, just so many things. God, where do you even start? Right. But you're going to put that advocacy energy that you've got, the writing the letters, the the picketing, the, the everything, hiring lawyers, into saving this freaking a-hole's worthless skin. Some guy who raped and murdered, you know, a, a woman and her two daughters. Please, you're going to spend all your time on that? That's just, uh, I just find it fascinating. Yeah, I guess. Because you've got to pick a cause. Kind, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought he was going to be executed, and now just a couple hours ago, judge said, "No, nah, can't." I originally heard that they had they had delayed it because of fears of coronavirus. Not what do you care if he gets coronavirus? But no, it was the other people <laughs> in there. Everybody room. else, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, boy. Oh, so the Redskins. Oh, oh so yeah. um, 
the trademark problem. I was listening to a podcast. The guys that started started the news website, The Dispatch, one of their big delays in getting started was coming up with a name. They said, you have no idea how difficult it is in the modern world to come up with a name that's not already taken. Hmm. Because everybody, you know, when the Internet exploded, everybody wanted to start a everything. Yeah. Um, you, you name it. A place that re- repairs cars is it? Uh, you know, the, the bakes food, the, just the news outlets, whatever. And every name's taken. And coming up with something that isn't already spoken for is almost impossible. Hmm. And then you have to buy it from them and figure out what the price is. Yeah. I started to read something Jonah Goldberg wrote the other day. And it just, it was too, too self-congratulatory, fancy pants, DC elite intellectual. Fancy pants. Pants? Oh, lean toward the fancy. Oh, all sorts of stitching and on you're them. A humble, you're a humble dungarees man. Oh, absolutely. Like my pappy before me. But not just that whole DC Beltway intellectual elite thing. I just, I have no patience for it anymore. Arguing with each other and, you know, high-minded language and citing various philosophers and the rest of it. It's, it's much ado about nothing. He says, quoting Shakespeare. Although, obvi- <laughs> a, a super obvious Shakespeare, though. Yeah. Common man's Shakespeare. Exactly. Yeah, I just I, I don't I, I don't even want to read that stuff anymore. All those people arguing with each other over the true soul of conservatism or whatever. No, the the battles are won out here in the street. Uh, Sean mentioned a couple of TV shows or movies he was into earlier in the show, and uh, the reaction we got online was, "How come no he didn't mention the Tom Hanks movie the." Because I didn't see it. But what is that one? Uh, Greyhound. It's where he's like a, okay, a, a World Tom War Hanks. II submarine captain. I think okay, it's but Greyhound. A, but oh, really? The fact that we got multiple texts saying, why didn't he mention this, made me think that's... Because he didn't see it. <laughs> but it made me think it must be uh, something hot worth catching. Yeah. Uh, well, this was one of the ones that was supposed to be an actual theatrical release. Yeah, Greyhound. Um, yeah, an actual theatrical release, and they, they pivoted to the, the home version, direct to, cool. direct to consumer. Oh, cool. And I still say, if you haven't seen the wrong Missy, if you like Adam Sandler type movies. He's not in it, but it's an Adam Sandler production. David Spade's in it. Ah, yes. If you like that sort of thing, it's freaking at top of the class for that sort of thing. Greyhound, by the way, vodka and uh, grapefruit juice. Uh, delightful and refreshing cocktail. Oh, it looks a very like a skinny, fast dog. Looks like it landed on the uh, the Apple streaming device. That may be the thing that finally gets me to sign up for that one. Maybe get my free trial, check it out, and then not Who's continue. got the Hamilton? That's Disney, right? Disney, yeah. Boy, yeah. I hate to give the mouse a dime. I mean, I, they have a lot of really good properties in that streaming yeah. service, but, oh, the mouse is big and nasty. We have the Disney for the kids, but uh, I started Better Call Saul over the weekend. I had started oh. that before. I'm now three episodes into season one. I, nice. I realize they're ending it this year. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I got far enough in that I was like, what can I do to arrange my life to get to watch the next episode? Yes. <laughs> That's the weird thing about oh. binging good shows. When you get into them, it's like, the, to me, the mark of anything good, I've noticed this in my life, if I continue to think about it, there's so much stuff that you can watch and see. It's just it's gone the minute you're done with it. It was amusing. It was fine, but sure, I'm done with it. There's something that's like I'm thinking about and it's in my head, and I want the next one so bad. That's mm-hmm. that's got to be art, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, and then they've hit on some formulas too. I mean, they're not fools. They understand what sort of ending, what sort of cliffhanger, what gets you coming back again. I'm thinking when Better Call Saul is over, I want to go back to the beginning. Of uh, of uh, Breaking Bad, but I need, and I'm sure this exists, and I'll bet Positive Sean could find it for me. Somebody who says, "Look, here are the episodes to skip." 
Oh, that'd be handy. I mean, like when Walter White's bitchy, bitchy wife is bitching. Those episodes. They're interminable. They're annoying. They do nothing to move it forward. They're just, listen, I got a wife. I got kids. I don't need somebody else's wife griping at me through my TV screen. I, I cannot stand by for this Skylar White slander. She she was a put upon. She, she had a difficult time. Her husband was going into the world of crime. Blah, blah, blah. Self-righteous this, whiny that. But for the Better Call Saul, I was just, I kept wondering, what is it about being a comedian that makes so many comedians instantly good actors, good serious actors? Because you got Bob Odenkirk, who was with, I picture him, for, he's still Mr. Show to me, which was as silly wow. as anything could ever possibly be. Yeah. Well, I think it takes a, a fair amount of emotional intelligence to be a good comedian. It must be. You it's have to be understand humankind. There. Although Jerry Seinfeld is legendarily, by his own estimation, a terrible actor. Hey, Chris Rock, also not a good actor. Very funny person. Yeah. Not really a good those are, actor. Those are decent points. Yeah. But like Ricky Gervais, fantastic mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lewis, please. The king. There you go. Nutty professor. I guess I've run that to ground. Uh. (laughs) That's all right. So Greyhound, Tom Hanks, eh? but it's on the Apple? There are too many streaming services. Too many streaming services. Forget it. I'm out. I'm back to being out. Yeah. I'll watch The Hunt for Red October or Dust Boat if I want to. And they're all sub-movie. And they're all trying to get the movie that will make you sign up for the streaming service with the belief that, and they're usually right, you'll just stay with it out of... Momentum. Momentum! Even for a couple, two, three months, they still win. Out of inertia, you'll just stay with it for a while. Yeah. Forget to cancel it. We haven't watched anything since Tom Hanks' Greyhound back in 2020. Do we still need this? You'll say five years from now. Yeah. Hey, check your credit card receipt. Or I got. I mentioned this very early this morning, but I got a notice from Apple. We've just billed you five ninety five for your monthly subscription to XYZ. And I thought, I, I didn't, why would I subscribe to this? I didn't, Judy didn't. I asked my kids. Nobody can figure out where it came from. And China. So I don't, <laughs> so I don't know. Cause I remember there was an enormous scandal back in the day where certain giant cell phone yep. companies were hitting everybody with just a little 99 cent uh, atmospheric fee. You know, it'd be on there in the itemized bill. It's, it's, you know, lines and lines and lines and lines of little charges and, it's just they made it up out of nowhere to screw you. And I just wonder if that's starting to happen now in the subscription services and, and Apple Pay and that sort of thing. There's a mystery anti-capitalist anarchist group playing a role in the Portland unrest that continues to go on. Uh, maybe we'll get into that, among other things, coming up. Armstrong and Getty. for people to understand that once upon a time we prescribed cigarettes for asthmatics and leeches and cocaine and heroin for people as medical treatments when we learn better we do better that's the surgeon general explaining how he said no masks at the beginning of this thing and that is now pro mask hey look we used to use leeches on people. Times change. We're constantly upga- updating medical procedures. That's hilarious. Yeah, but that was like three months ago. <laughs> You're saying you were giving advice as bad as like leeches and cocaine three months ago and we're supposed to chuckle it off? 
How about we get a better Surgeon General? Wake up. Thank you. Thank you. I'll appoint. I'll appoint a good Surgeon General. Thank you. Winona Ryder is expected to testify that Johnny Depp was never abusive to her, as she testifies in that court case in London today. If you missed the news on Friday, Amber Heard apparently pooped in their marital bed. Oh, my. And that's what caused Johnny Depp to decide that's enough and divorced her after 15 months. Well, and if I uh, understand correctly, he's accusing her of doing it deliberately. Yeah, it was a... uh, More an editorial than an accident. (laughs) He's a sick enough... Well, this is what I think of your behavior. <laughs> well, at least it's clear. I mean, it's 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 not like what do you mean by this? <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd get it. Uh, I um, do I want to go this direction, man? Stock market. I, th- this is I'm confused a little by the 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 record-setting stock market, and you look around the the number of people unemployed. All the closed businesses, the the a third of people didn't make their rent or house payment last month. That's some troubling numbers out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of numbers that don't fit with normal. And when that happens, sometimes a big, big something or other is about to happen. It's like when mm. everybody was buying houses. People that couldn't afford houses were all of a sudden buying big houses. What's going on there? Well, there's seems a, very odd. A day of reckoning comes at some point. Yeah. This is from the Wall Street Journal. The stock market is clearly overpriced by standard measures. The workhorse of stock valuation is the price-earnings ratio, or P.E. The stock price is a multiple of its earnings, its, its profits. Suppose a stock sells for $10 a share with earnings of a dollar a share. It's got a P.E. of 10. Well, historically, the P.E. for the entire U.S. stock market is about 15. Today, it's 23. Uh-oh. About 50% higher than historic average. All sorts of theories have been advanced to explain these lofty prices. The most popular in view uh, involves the Federal Reserve's policy of holding short-term interest rates near zero and flooding financial markets with money. Then when you get to the how much money can you flood out there before people start to think money isn't worth worth anything, everybody's guessing. Everybody's guessing when when or if that comes due. I've been hearing the... Predictions of hyperinflation for quite some time now, and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, exactly. Yet, I just, I, I just think when you got a whole bunch of things that don't add up, there's a, there's a major something hanging out there. Yeah, there's, there's a pillar under this that's uh, somebody's yank. Uh, I also think there's a great, there's amazing sophistication right now among stock market traders in profiting from volatility. Whether it goes up or down, they don't care, just so it moves. So you're having forces send it way up and way down, way up and way down. That we probably ought to get a hold of. I don't want the show to be over, but I am ready to listen to the final thoughts from Armstrong again. That lead vocal is so far behind the beat, it stresses me out. <laughs> wow. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Two, three, four. Come on, everybody. Keep up. Uh, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There is pressing the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, if you subscribe to a streaming service for, like, one show or one movie, make sure you disconnect the service immediately because I made the mistake of doing that two or three times and got a big surprise on my credit card bill. That's what they're counting on. Yep. That we forget. They yep. get me. Yep. Positive, Sean, a final thought for us? 
Yeah, I was getting somewhat confident about the NBA season finishing as scheduled, but then I saw a tweet from some Instagram influencer who said, I already got invited to the bubble. No way this season's finishing. Oh, really? (laughs) Wow. Huh. Check their DMs. (laughs) Jack, a final thought for us. Yeah, I meant to get some tax stuff that we've got. It is tax day on Wednesday. You know, usually on April 15th, we're going through all kinds of stats about who pays taxes and who doesn't pay in this year and that year and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, tax day is Wednesday. Well, a couple more years of the coronavirus, there won't be taxes because there won't be an economy. There you go. We'll just be trading hogs for a bucket of flour. Exactly. April 15th, just hoist both middle fingers in the air. Say, come and get get nothing, IRS. Oh, boy. The lighter side of economic uh, disaster. And why is Led Zeppelin so quiet today, Michael? These are dark times. Yeah, exactly. You've silenced uh, John Bonham even beyond the grave. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All of our podcasts are there. Go to go grab the on-demand podcast. I'm telling you, if you missed a section of the show, got some swag, uh, Armstrong and Getty stuff. We have podcasts? We do. At armstrongandgetty.com. you darn right. <laughs> See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Once upon a time, we prescribed cigarettes for asthmatics and leeches and cocaine and heroin for people. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.